Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Movie with Air Conditioning. <laughs> Relatable. We are recording this, not to time stamp it too much, but we're recording this in the dead heat, in the <laughs> middle of summer, a heat wave in LA that's made everybody get really just grumbly with the grumblies. And all they have is hot chili trucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, yeah, I just want to jump in because we've got so much ground to cover with this episode, and I'm very excited. I'd love to cover ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this I know about you. That and you enjoy a purse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are the only two things. My purse is full of ground. Ooh. Like, um, not to go on a tangent, but do you remember do when it. Craigslist was in its early a- uh, early ages, early stages, <laughs> and everybody was was like, there's so much, people are selling free dirt on Craigslist. Do you remember this? <laughs> they still do sell They still do, dirt. but I mean, for a, a good reason. They're gardeners. But it, it was the talk of the town for a while. It was the talk oh, of the town. honey, I remember. Oh, that and misconnections. <laughs> oh, the salad Sometimes days. Sometimes it was uh, me, uh, 24, you, a pile of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> How could we arrange this? If only we would click over two other columns. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about that. We are, of course, here to talk about the episode Grade School Confidential. It was the 19th episode of The Simpsons' eighth season. It originally aired on April 6, 1997. Allie, that's my birthday! Oh my god! Oh my god! Happy birthday! Ha- happy birthday, me! I wonder if I celebrated by watching this episode. How old would you have been? I would have been nine years old. That's a perfect age to be watching The Simpsons <laughs> on your birthday. It, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Just cry. Uh, written by Rachel Pulido. It was directed by Susie Dieter, so we have two ladies uh, so far, and the showrunners at the time were Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. I hate that it's Weinstein. I know, I want to say Weinstein every time. Uh, well, it's because he let us for so long. Sorry, <laughs> it's, Josh. It's truly his fault. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, so this episode, uh, most often referred to as the Skinner Kerbopel romance episode, you know, there's a lot of great tasty jokes in here mm-hmm. that we'll get to, but you know what? Let's just have our guests guide us through. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So we are super, super, super excited about our guest today. Um, I would, I would guess that most people that listen to this show also listen to their show because it's amazing, and I am at least a very yeah. big fan. And there um, is a, a common denominator. There's that a common thread. Us. This week we welcome Bob Mackey and Henry Gilbert of the podcast Talking Simpsons. Whoa. Hello, hey. hey, it's an honor to be here. We're all friends, apparently. We're yeah. all yes. friends. This is a peacemaking effort. <laughs> a lot of people think that there's a war between everything's coming up Simpsons and Talking Simpsons, mm-hmm. and there was, but. We came to right. an agreement. The Berlin Wall has been dismantled. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, so you guys have been around. Uh, uh, when did you guys start? Uh, 2015. I think mm-hmm. uh, a little over three years now, right, Henry? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we started the Patreon a year ago, but yeah, I think it was summer of 2015. Definitely. So we uh, we tweeted about uh, you guys uh, saying, I think, I don't know if it was just a, uh, we cut straight to the invitation or we just said that we were fans and that maybe uh, both of our listeners were just like let's make it happen but we made it happen and we're super stoked um i we talk i mean the whole conceit of uh, our show 
show is you know we want to we want to talk to our favorite people about their favorite episode of The Simpsons, and uh, part of the reason is that it just uh, mimics real life of that if you don't know what to talk about with somebody <laughs> and you find out they like The Simpsons, it's immediate friendship. Like oh, yeah. you kind of just yeah. know. Uh, so although none of us have ever talked in a in a you know, small black room together. Um, I feel like we have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. all very familiar to me now. Uh, but thank you guys for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for reaching out on Twitter. All that. I, I, I'd always wanted us to do something like this, but I, I'm, I'm shy. And, don't, <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're, they're so busy with their awesome Simpsons podcast. They don't want to hear from us. Would you believe oh, a Simpsons fan is an introvert? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, so you guys picked the episode Grade School Confidential. Uh, how much of this episode uh, selection is based on how many episodes are left in mm. our list uh, and, and how much of it is a sincere love of this episode? Well, for me, I zeroed in on this. It's one of my personal favorites because I love uh, Principal Skinner. And this is also a very sweet episode that evokes memories of other episodes like Bart the Lover and yes. uh, Principal Charming and even a little bit of Sweet Seymour Skinner's mm-hmm. badass song. Mm-hmm. So I love all of those. This is sort of like an amalgam of all of those great episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the writer of this episode, Rachel Polito, was referencing Bart the Lover to sort of like set the yeah. stage for the tone that she was going to try and achieve with it. And apparently it was something that they had like been circulating in the writer's rooms for you know, years that like oh yeah Skinner Krabappel are going to get together yeah. or something like that. I believe Edna says his mommy won't let him come out to play when, when right. Bart throws mm. that out is it like an idea for her. Yeah, yeah. during Bart the Lover. So they never followed up on uh, Willie being yeah. a it, whatever he's into. Yeah. I would like to know whatever that she was implying. I think you could see in, in previous episodes too like the PTA disbands that uh, Edna and Skinner and Marshall Wallace and Harry Shearer have such great chemistry together that it makes so much sense to pair them together. They're just always there, so right, why not right, do a right. story with that? Do you think they were making babies at the end of the PTA disbands <laughs> in that room together? I would have liked if on the down low they had just they had revealed like, no, they've had they've had a casual relationship this whole time. This is just them getting more serious. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, just in case anyone doesn't know uh, who Rachel uh, Pluto is, uh, not that anyone would ever want to uh, to to simply say the the wife or husband of a certain other person, but it might be fun to know that she's married to Bill Oakley. Uh, to this day, and I think that's neat. Yeah, I can't imagine being a Simpsons writer who's married to another Simpsons writer. I think yeah. I'd die. I love it. Uh, so uh, she she also wrote the Bumblebee Man segment in the Twenty Two Short Films, uh, which is uh, one I, of the best. Very good. I was going to say that uh, her patience is oh ironclad these days <laughs> with Bill Oakley's uh, fast food reviews that we've all been <laughs> delighting in. But I can imagine uh, it being within your household. Uh, I I think he also uh, posted a video his his daughter did one parodying yeah. him. Um, but yeah, they're delightful. I'm sure you guys have seen them. But yeah. uh, but as a wife to that, I think I'd be like, what are you? What is what is the end game here? But they're a real power couple. <laughs> Hell yeah, going on. I yeah, I I don't want to guess too much on the personal lives of the creators, but I will say, isn't it interesting that like this was a story about. A work relationship between Ooh. Edna and Skinner, and like, like when did Rachel and Bill start dating? Like, when did their relationship begin? Did it begin on The Simpsons? I'm Was not that sure. Uh-oh. Somebody call Bill. So, I can call Bill. What's going on, Speaker? When did you? <laughs> Was James L. Brooks the Chalmers of this arrangement <laughs> uh, scenario? 
Um, yeah, that is interesting to think about. Let's all start our own theories. Uh, it will end with and their baby. <laughs> their baby and then the baby, the baby looked at me. looked at you. Whoa. I love that that's There's what, a lot of great parent reactions here. <laughs> yeah, Wiggum has some really great, like, wasn't fully listening, like, that's what you got from that, you know, <laughs> moments. And the same with Homer. Um, and, yeah, we'll get into it. But um, what we like to do uh, on this show for people that have not seen this episode in a while, uh, we like to uh, update them on the synopsis of it. We read it from Wikipedia. Ice cold. So it could be good. Could be bad. Here we go. The episode establishes the long-term relationship between Seymour Skinner and Edna Carbopple. I've been calling her Crandall. I don't know. It's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. Bart witnesses a romantic moment between Principal Skinner and Mrs. Carbopple and acts as a snitch for them. However, they later embarrass him and he exposes their romance to the public. Acts as a snitch. Yeah, that's an odd phrase. For. Not sure. I've never heard that phrase Acts assembled as in my life. For. Yeah. yeah, I would say snitches on just to yeah, clean it up. Snitches on. But he also but doesn't. But also, that's snitch. not what the word is. He yeah. help. He's a. He's an intermediary for them. Like yeah, you know whatever a that. Confidant. Was. Can we edit perhaps. that article live on the show? <laughs> you may. To reflect It'll these probably changes. be re-edited by the time we finish podcasting. Uh, it's all political at Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really is big Wikipedia is always trying to crush the small man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so weird. I mean, there's so many more um, textures to this episode. And, you know, I, I love Bart's involvement in their romance because it, it's one of those things where um, it endears Bart to us a little bit more. I really love when Bart gets tender. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very much out of the Bart the Hellraiser era of the early Simpsons. But oh, yeah. now we're getting more into, like, the juicy stuff of why he is, like, such a multidimensional figure in this world. But this is one that, you know... It kind of makes me think of like him caring for baby birds <laughs> in that kind yeah. of way where he does, you know, even though he's grumbly about it, he, I think he does want them to win and their love to win. That's why it reminded me of uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song. I was going to say the same thing. It's like he's less of a hellion and more like forming meaningful relationships with authority figures in that mm-hmm. episode, which yeah. is why it's special. In the, in both cases, it's him learning that the his, his horrible teachers are mm-hmm. actually real people who are sad and boring. Yeah. And, and he comes comes to like them a lot more, I guess, or at least pities them, if not if not like. Right. Yeah, I wonder if there's something uh, to be said of, like, a, a comfort that Bart has in the mundane nature to these adults when his father is so absurd. <laughs> like, I wonder, probably. Someone with chili boots. Mm. <laughs> like, it's nice to have someone who's not always oh, at most. I, I bet. I bet. If I was, <laughs> you know. psychoanalyze I, this poor kid. No, but... I'm, I'm totally armchair therapisting this. Um, if Lundstein. I was... His, yes. <laughs> That's not my name. Um, if I was Bart's child therapist, which, by the way, what a gig. Um, I'm sure he rolls through them faster than substitute teachers. Um, but I, I Or lawyers. Pro- or lawyers, as it seems. Yeah, I, I would probably, uh, you know, wager that he is just trying for the refreshing mundanity. And also, like, you know, his relationship with Flanders probably has that kind of spark, too, of, like, you know, just the cool breeze of a grounded well. <laughs> adjusted human mm-hmm. who well, you love it who doesn't strangle you yeah yeah thing. right like, that's, that's, that's one the of the too. that's one of the darkest jokes in simpsons history is in that uh, is in the movie when he he 
has like ghost strangling when he thinks Ned is right. going to react to him. He's like, like that implies that he always does that if someone's so mad at him. Like, I think I read somewhere that that is a regrettable trait that the Simpsons writers mm-hmm. don't feel so hot about that they establish it early on, and that's sort of like I think emblematic of like the daffier edge of animation in its mm-hmm. early stage before they truly figured out what the show was and they had already made their bed and now they had to sleep in it and now it's a runner that he strangles Bart. Now yeah. it's on a t-shirt. Well, it's always <laughs> been on a t-shirt, I guess. It, it made more sense in <laughs> always, the, sh- yeah. the dawn of time. Before it existed. In, in the shorts world, when they were just like making a silly little short for 30 seconds, like Homer, up, uh, you end a cartoon with a punchline of Homer strangling Bart. Like, But it, when you have to continually exist with these people for 30 minutes, it's, it's, it's weirder to deal with that then. Yeah. Well, before we were talking about Bart connecting with these more down-to-earth people than his father, and we were, we just went through all of season seven, and I think, I don't know if you agree with me, Henry, but Oakley and Weinstein, Weinstein, <laughs> uh, I think they're more interested in writing boring characters. Change your so name. Much. Yeah. Than, than, oh, they love it. Than wacky Homer stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we noticed that they will pull away from Homer when they can actually, like, just dig into more Homer stuff, especially in, like, 22 short films right. and things like that. So I, I, they love they love Skinner so much. I well, they are not to, not to say that the other showrunners are less than, but I do <laughs> say it. I find that Oakley Weinstein are my favorite. I die for them. They are. They're my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I relate to um, their proclivities in focusing on the bored characters or the boring characters. Um, you know, I remember one time uh, writing in a like house sketch troupe at IO West, uh, which is now a defunct improv theater in Los Angeles. But I remember one of the actors approaching me and saying, Okay, Julia, so which sad character am I playing this week? <laughs> and I was told I have a type and a voice. Uh, and I responded, um, lonely caricature artist? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a sketch where they draw themselves into the caricatures. Uh, I still have it if you want to read. But sure. anyway, I, I feel uh, kindred spirits between uh, Oakley and Weinstein because of that. Yeah, I uh, why well, like uh, the kindred spirit I feel with Bill and Josh is that they they are the Simpsons geeks who ran the show. Like yeah. no, not to say that like you know Al Jean, Al Jean and, and and Mike Reese too. They definitely knew their stuff and of and, and as Al Jean has been and Mike Scully as well. But I feel like nobody else really cares like it we we did we're doing millhouse divided soon too and i watched it then and when they flash back to their wedding yeah it's so specifically the wedding that happened in the season three episode they don't redraw characters to update them or anything it's they they really care about those tiny little details Mm -hmm. bill and joss do in their seasons like yeah and you can tell. I mean, like, it's palpable, like, how much yeah. they care about this world and and how much of a responsibility that they feel that they have to, like, you know, shoulder for maintaining the specialness of it. What brought them to it as a fan? And I think on the record, this is the last uh, tenure where writing the show was actually torture for the writers, where it was like, <laughs> no, we stay until 3 o'clock a.m. to find yeah. the best sign joke. And not that uh, we love Mike Scully. We interviewed him. He's great. But he is a dude with a family. So it's like, I want to get home at 7 to see my family. Let's yeah. not stay until three to, to find out uh, what say, Colonel Happelblap's name is. Uh, I'm more that. I'm more that. Side. Yeah. I'm like yeah. fucking TikTok. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> I want to eat dinner. There's tomato, tomato. All right. Yes. Uh, column A, column B. But uh, you know, somebody I forget who. I, I feel like I always misquote them uh, or misquote this. But but I remember some comedian saying that Saturday Night Live could be a nine to five if they just yeah. shirked that whole like specialness of tradition for tradition's <laughs> sake. You know, no, we have to stay and do coke till. Mm. <laughs> Four in the morning. 
I guess they don't do Coke anymore. The Coke is gone, but the Coke schedule is still alive. <laughs> that still exists. Yeah, which feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it feels way, it'd be way easier to keep that schedule with the Coke. <laughs> so, you know who's not on Coke? Woo! <laughs> But could use it as Skinner when he's yeah. making the announcements. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's uh, such a funny <laughs> announcement. Uh, g- give me those announcements. All right, children. Uh, the bake sale to raise money for the car wash has been canceled <laughs> due to confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick out of the gate, boom, boom, boom. Get it? Does he start with "This is Principal Skinner, your principal"? Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's another episode or not, but that's another very boring Skinner. Yeah, thing. he also um, has said one of my other favorite lines: um, "Welcome to a night of theater and picking up after yourselves." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and also selling orange drink at people. He's very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. This I like the Skinner. I, I like Bill and Josh's Skinner too more than Merkin Skinner is the kind of and I love him too, but he's he's the type of guy who hates free thought. He has free thought alarms and just <laughs> is like, no, they every kid wears beige. Like he, the, he's more of a strict authoritarian. But this Skinner is just like he's just so he's just so sad and beaten down. He, right. he has so little. It is so interesting to see like what resonates, um, you know, for each showrunner through the characters that like the Skinners could have variants, you know, between yeah. the showrunners. Mm-hmm. I kind of love picking up on those traits. Yeah. <laughs> As we will obviously explore throughout uh, this episode, uh, it it's just so fun to get to know Edna and Skinner better um, mm-hmm. because we have like a very clear picture of them in our heads, but mostly I would say from the kids' perspective because that's usually who we're focusing on here. And yeah. so, you know, like Skinner is a problem for Bart and Edna, same thing. And aside from like, and you know, Bart gets an F, like we haven't right. really seen so much about her other than like kind of being like, yeah. a, we could tell she's single. We could tell that she's had like, you I know. know, but this one's heart wrenching. It is, mm-hmm. but it, it's, but it, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Um, we'll go through cause there's so many great moments mm-hmm. in this. Uh, but basically uh, to, to summarize at the top, basically there's a very boring uh, quality to the class that Edna goes in and grabs firecrackers to <laughs> yeah. wake the kids Can up. I say what happens right before Please another do. Skinnerism that's so fucking good. Stand by to resume learning in five, four. She's just like, oh, God, Seymour, please. And everybody's all asleep. And that's when she lights fireworks to, like, get them to wake up again. And uh, we reveal that it's going to be Martin's birthday party. Oh, Love a good oh. Martin. Oh, my God. This is so great. I feel like I do this with my sister all the time. Of, Here you go, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> we, are huge fans of, anything. we are huge fans of Martin on our podcast, by the way. Yeah, I've come to love Martin a lot. As uh, He's just... I now see a lot of the jokes with Martin are just like this effeminate boy who gets picked on. But I, I also like that they show that he's you can't stop him from being he's still himself like he's not beaten down by all these bullies he's still just like come to my party here you yeah. go Nelson. he keeps he's even though nelson has made it clear every single time he does not care about martin martin's just like oh here you go you dropped this yeah buddy. lemon lemon of troy their uh, relationship yeah. uh, <laughs> summarizes it best i would say but it's still he that just doesn't song. get it <laughs> yeah so Nelson's his burly protector right <laughs> yeah, yeah. To this day. i had an uh a martin prince in my life his name was lance and <laughs> of course um, it was he had uh he was raised by his grandma Aww. he had the best snacks because of that. Of course. Um, and he had also the best, um, most elaborate Polly Pocket setup. So I enjoyed hanging out with him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he sounds like a real Langdon Alder. Yes, <laughs> it does. Uh, uh, so the, we, we, get, uh, we get to see what the birthday party is like, and there are wonderful qualities to this party that 
perfectly set up who Martin Prince is. <laughs> and that his parents, I think, are loaded. Oh, sure. Well, he yeah. gets a gigantic pool at some he gets point. A gigantic pool. He gets an ice sculpture of himself at this uh, party. Which and I love. I love that moment of Bart breaking off his fingers as ice cubes <laughs> in yeah. his drink. It's so great. The yeah. sound of it is really nice. Uh, we know the Prince's dad, Mr. Prince, I guess. He's he's a stock market guy. So yeah. he maybe he's got some insider oh, trading yeah. on there. That I, I suppose he's higher class just from his like fancier clothes. And, and it also is loot. If he can afford a loot, yeah. then he must be kind of <laughs> Rich. Oh right. man! Uh, can we get that loot money? <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. I feel like the loot was. Uh, I feel like the loot was featured in the Ion Springfield. What was it called? The Virtual Springfield CD-ROM game. Mm, I feel yeah. like I remember. Uh, there being, such I a think fun that game. was in his yeah. room. I think so. It or, was. I'm pretty sure. Or in his desk. I forget which. I haven't played that game in forever. Me neither. And I'd really love to somehow play it again. I don't know how. You need to like emulate an old like Ma- Windows, Windows 95 yeah. and then emulate the game inside of that. Or just watch a video of someone playing it because it's not really a game. It's basically yeah, like, that's I'll true. click on everything in this video. Yeah, for th- <laughs> uh, we've mentioned it before on the show, but for those who haven't played it, definitely research and yeah. watch some clips of uh, of the CD-ROM game of the Simpsons. I miss CD-ROMs, Me sincerely. Too. I, I think I mentioned it before, but that that was such a great era of really entertainment for children, and everything had a game, including Cap'n Crunch, and it oh, was yeah. one of my favorite games of all time. It Actually, has original uh, Phil Hartman dialogue, too. It in does. That game. Oh, yeah, some, yeah. some things you probably haven't heard before. The Cap'n Crunch one, not the Simpsons. Not the right. Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. not yeah. Cap'n Crunch. I want to say my favorite CD-ROM <laughs> game was a... They were always, yeah, promo CD-ROM games. I think that they were the best. Um, it was like a Tarzan... The movie, animated movie one, um, and it was just a reskinned version of like basic arcade games of like a ball bouncing around, but all the um, and it would like hit um, blocks, but all the blocks would be different Tarzan characters, and I loved the shit out of it. <laughs> well, when Chex wanted to appeal to like uh, kids to seem cool, they basically made their version of Doom and put it in Chex boxes, <laughs> a Chex quest. So yeah. you were shooting slime at aliens instead of shooting bullets at demons. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically. Uh, we get to see the party because uh, Milhouse and Bart are having such a boring uh, yeah. time, and and it's it's very sweet. You have Homer mm. uh, entertaining them with a with an excellent Nixon impression. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's pulling the kids around in a in a little wagon that says space shuttle on it, mm-hmm. uh, and and you get just typical uh, you know like young bored kids just like oh I'm bored like yeah. you know like just that very whiny, uh, and so they decide to go over to uh, the party. But but if either of you want to talk more about that Nixon <laughs> Homer moment, please feel free. There's just a lot going on there. I, really, I just want to isolate what he's saying outside of the Barton and Milhouse dialogue. So you can only hear a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I like, uh, it's a perfect encapsulation of a certain level of popularity in schools, the way Milhouse says, like, we get beaten up, but uh, we're beaten up, but we get an explanation. Yeah. Like, uh, three and a half. Yeah, three it's and three half. and a half. Because I do recall as a picked on kid of like, well, there's being picked on all the time. It's just that they all accept, like, well, yeah, we all pick on you. You're at this level. But if you're a little higher, it's like, I guess I have to justify my <laughs> childhood cruelty to you. They, they do play with Bart's popularity because in uh, Summer of Four Foot Two, he's like the school celebrity and he's signing right. autographs for Skinner. And also in um, Lisa the Iconoclast, he like joins the parade and people are cheering for him by name. So <laughs> right. it's kind of a fluctuating popularity level for Bart. Not so much Millhouse. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> On that note, let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, everybody. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Cereal! Okay, but like, the second best podcast. Oh, f- just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. What a great break. Oh, I had the best break. I would love to jump back to the party because there's such a great Lots party moment of mm. um, the, the math magician. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the magician who does tricks. I'm a math magician. Uh, I wonder the marvels of the universe as I make this remainder disappear. <laughs> and I love Lisa in this moment go, wait a minute, but seven goes into 28 four times. And he goes, uh... This is Magic 7. It's so <laughs> funny that you'd hire a math magician who's not good at doing math. That is so unbelievably um, funny. Based on Bill Gates. Yeah. That's that, so I funny. mean, the likeness and the sound. And I'm sure because Ken Keeler was on the staff, uh, the the right side of that equation was correct. And it was right. some <laughs> reference to something. If there's ever a math yeah. joke, I blame it on the futures, Futurama writers. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a PhD in that math. I yeah. learned recently when Al Jean was on our podcast that he was a math major. Yeah. yeah so there, now it, I'm going to think about him. It's so many geeks on the show <laughs> who then joke about how they put, they're putting all of this to good use on writing this cartoon show. <laughs> so at this point in the episode, uh, the the magic starts to happen. We get these two characters that, you know, uh, they have some similarities. Uh, Edna and Skinner obviously have some uh, overlap, not just by being uh, people that work at the same place, but just these two kind of, not misanthropic, but almost like, you know, and at the very least, both very, very pathetically boring <laughs> lifestyles. Right. Just like, but well, what's so charming is that uh, they both are excited about the things that yes. they like to do. Mm. There isn't a self-pitying... Um, Outside of the the reality that it is a pitiful situation, like they they're not they're not woe is meing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking that Kerbapa was being very kind for um, like returning the conversational favor of not shaming Skinner for being so crazy boring, but instead mm. adding to it like, oh, you've got to <laughs> make plans, you've got to do this, <laughs> you know, you got to stay busy, you got to stay busy. Yeah. So yeah. the the two things uh, that they say, if either of you want to take it, but just uh, you I didn't know. write them. I just said that they both are boring. <laughs> oh well, so, uh, Sk- yeah. Skinner's talking about how you know, like uh, he carefully lays his clothes out yeah. for the next week, and <laughs> I relate. That's a good thing. And uh, he likes to hang out with Gus at the car wash. Yes, yeah. and then Edna's is uh, Edna's is the thing about the stamps, uh, but I can't remember what. Oh, matchbooks from, matchbooks. from glamorous oh. nightclubs. If you write and are very nice, they'll <laughs> yes. send them to you. And then oh. she starts to trail off a, at her <laughs> yeah. own yeah. sentence. That, before that, though, uh, Seymour is so square he doesn't know what the term, uh, what the phrase "it's a free country" means. He's like, yeah. I, I don't I follow. follow. Yeah. 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 So just sit down. Oh, I was just gonna say I I, I love Marsha Wallace in this episode. Oh, she's, she's great. She's a genius. There's Rest I mean, peace. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. She's one of the greatest uh, regulars they had, and she, yeah. I think, especially like Edna. Those were funny jokes in previous episodes, but Edna was usually just used for like either jokes about being a sad divorcee. Or that she would be like trying to have sex with the drummer from Aerosmith or something. Or like Mr. That. Bergstrom. Yeah, or Mr. Bergstrom. <laughs> yeah. She and so it was fun. It was interesting to see that they they don't nullify those jokes with her, but they kind of show like, well, her. But here's her, why. Yeah, her her history of that is like driven by a loneliness right. and a real sadness to it. That's uh, it's it shows that they were united in being sad, even if she is 
far more experienced romantically than Skinner is. Yeah, I don't know if I much care for a thirsty Edna. Mm. You know, when she was trying to when that when that joke was going of like yeah. her being a seducer. Well, I, think I mean, Mike, get it, but still. Yeah. I think Mike Reese has pointed out her name is Mrs. Krabappel, but we never see Mr. Krabappel, and we only have, like, one sentence about him in the mm. entire he series. He chased a mm-hmm. bunny down a rabbit hole. He, went away, he... he ran away with their marriage counselor. Yes. That's yeah. basically it. Right, right. Uh, well, they end up cheersing to something that might be quite common for her life, which is two poor decisions, which is something that I find very, very <laughs> charming and, and just it's, it's special. Like, when two, it's very cool to see two characters that have not previously had this type of connection, like, hit it, it off. It's, it's Especially this late in the show, like we're eight years in. Yeah, um, it's damn. It, it's very exciting. So, uh, of course, we have uh, Agnes oh, uh, mm. popping her eye so through, the, through the hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> their relationship will always be so funny to me. Especially, yeah, me is it the? It's Comey, right? Is, is Comey who gets compared to Skinner? Oh, James Comey is for sure Principal Skinner in every which way. Yeah, is that what you're, you're, I think I was. Yeah, I thought it was Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush and his yeah. mom. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Comey yeah, too. Yeah, but Comey's a Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are a bunch of Skinners in, in that organization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I want them to be. Yeah. I want Skinners to be doing those businesses, you know? Just like. <laughs> Get in there. Get be in boring. There. Get be in there. focused on your work. Is exactly. this the moment where the Agnes as the true battle axe emerges, and then they sort of run with that after this? Because I feel like they were going that direction, but in order to for, in order for you to feel, uh, feel more sympathy for Seymour, that's when they really hit it in this episode. Is mm. that is that where it really starts? I mean, she's not very featured in this episode. We just get this like yeah. one moment of her saying like, "Don't play in the neighbor's yard." Mm-hmm. Like, well, we also have her babysitting Bart, where she's smacking his hand. Oh, you're right. And like you're talking right. about she doesn't like cake. Yeah, 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 perhaps. Yeah, I yeah. feel like this is where it really started, and that was a whole new great like bunch of storylines that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so basically her saying just like, well, well, you know, you can't play in the neighbor's yard. He's like, but it's a party. I was invited. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you're invited, I was invited. Uh, and this yeah. uh, this very, like, urgent, just like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we get, we get the two of them uh, uh, going into the tea house, and we actually have that clip. More tea, Edna? What kind of little boy has a tea set? <laughs> I think we both know the answer to that. A lucky boy. You know, Seymour, there's an innocence about you that can be quite charming. Oh, well, I've always admired your tart honesty and ability to be personally offended by broad social trends. Really? Mm -hmm. Very much. And your laugh. You mean, ha! Mm Mm-hmm. That's the one that makes me feel... uh, Oh, boy. You uh, have a breath mint I could borrow? I've got some menthol cigarettes. Oh, the heck with it. Mm. So good. Pan over to shocked Bart. Uh, That's a fun, that's a fun one of uh, (laughs) the the pan of just like shocked. It's so, it's such a sweet moment though that he's, he's worried, he's worried about his breath and he's just like, uh, he's, he's like a teenager with her and and it shows a real like, the, she's normally just so caustic, and she could be that with Skinner if she wanted to, but instead right. she's she's being sweet to him back, and that's yeah. very nice. They like each other for each other yeah. as well, mm. which I think is the best part. It's not just it's not just like this hot sex. They happen no. to get caught. They really yeah. like, and they like the kind of things that other people don't like them for, and mm-hmm. it's really sweet. I, I love even their love. Yeah. I love his description of Edna, even though I feel personally attacked by how he evaluates her. <laughs> but in any other context, that would be. Crazy but he's just being honest like I, I appreciate these things about you uh, and, and also his just that he thinks of 
anybody else would have made fun of Martin for being a boy with a tea set, but Skinner I really <laughs> does think he's a lucky boy oh, to lucky have boy. a tea set at that age. The read of it is so funny. A uh, lucky boy. <laughs> it's so good. I wanted to say that about the Polly Pocket thing, but I didn't want to step on it. <laughs> You're right. On both so, occasions. We, we cut to the rest of the party, and... Um, we have, you know, uh, Ralph is crying because he did such a bad job at oh, uh, Pin yeah. the Tail and the Donkey. Oh, God. Poor uh, Ralph. Bart. He was also riding a donkey and crying. He was <laughs> yeah. a donkey-centric oh, right. episode. Yes. He's having a bad time at yeah. this party. Um, I, I love that, uh, you know, I, I love that there was a moment of Bart trying to get uh, Milhouse to, to get the cactus. Like, come on, you're so close. <laughs> Just, you're so close. And uh, everyone gets super, super sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the parents come out and just like, I told you we should have had cake instead of oysters. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds Ugh. me of, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous, but there's mm-hmm. a really great um, seafood, oh, God, yeah. um, you know, spoiled seafood, sick moment that ends the whole, just a bunch of beauty queens puking is <laughs> real good comedy. And Kirsten Dunst wins it again. Yeah, and, I yeah. fucking love that movie. Uh, that's that's such a great movie. Isn't it, uh, it's related to Simpsons, what it was, uh, the, the woman who wrote it was an assistant. She was a Simpsons writer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, the guy who directed it was a member of the state. Wow. So it was within the comedy community Uh, anyway back to the Simpsons yes so basically after everyone is uh, you know just to 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 show what had happened like everyone gets uh, escorted out Mm -hmm. uh, to what do you call the things? The stretchers and whatnot. Yeah, the and uh, I love I love that Lisa uh, is is escorted out. She's like, oh, yeah, you didn't need those. Like, I didn't. I just wanted to leave. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, that'd be a move I'd do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the lines I thought is so funny is basically you have uh, you have Edna and Skinner at uh, at the cafeteria. <laughs> and uh, Bart is starting to tell people what had just happened, mm-hmm. and uh, Skinner reacts, "Good gravy!" <laughs> and the That's guy works, great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It's just brown and water. <laughs> just brown and water. <laughs> I feel like uh, Lunch Lady Doris would be delivering that if she was alive. Yeah. At this point in time. Yeah. They're but, creating new lunch lunch men. Lunch men. Yeah. Well, though, his his <laughs> Eastern European accent, I think, does make it a little funnier. Even yeah. like brown and water. <laughs> <laughs> that does he mean brown? food coloring or just the existing just, just brown just brown <laughs> like have something that tastes like purple this is just brown yeah yeah the tub just says brown that yeah. comes in next to the crusty brand gruel <laughs> circus grade uh so we 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 understand at this point that bart uh needs to be bribed in an attempt to uh-huh. protect their secret so yeah. we, we get that permanent record which is something that of course haunted children uh, still does to this day, I imagine. <laughs> this idea that everything you've ever done is going to be uh, recorded and and will keep you from getting the best jobs available to you. <laughs> the noisiest jobs. The, the noisiest. The noisiest jobs available. Uh, that can't be real actual permanent records, right? No, like, uh, there's no yeah. such thing as a permanent yeah. record. I mean, that's Facebook now, but... Uh, <laughs> You're actually... That <laughs> that's is true. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is some kind of record. Mm-hmm. They, the transcript if you may, that but, you send it for college. But. but not the stuff that you do in elementary school. No. That's when they scare you. I when know. they're saying, like, you know. <laughs> I love how thick it is, though. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So and so basically, the, the, the conceit is that they won't just make it disappear. They're going to give it to Millhouse. <laughs> <I love Yeah. laughs> of all people, they Selling put it on Millhouse. <laughs> I, I, I also love that they came to the idea of 
bribing part by Skinner saying, like, if there's one thing I've learned in life, it's to know when I'm beaten. Because he's just used to being a loser so much. He's like, I just have to admit I'm beaten and let's move on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I also love before this when uh, they are, you know, they take Bart into Principal Skinner's office and they try to explain, like, well, what you saw wasn't actually that. Um, You (laughs) know, you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And he's like... Really? That's what you're going with? You could at least say that you were giving her CPR or rehearsing a play. And Skinner says, is it too late to say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Still trying to find it out. So good. So good. Uh, they're, they're, okay, so the, the Skinner lines in this episode kill me. The one that comes up in this scene uh, just means so much to me. I think it's so good. But basically we get the date scene and, and you yes. get the you get the candle of the, the Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown oh, candle. So always always Which is totally legal because we don't see his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a sweet romantic moment uh, and uh, there's this there's this thing of Skinner just being like this, this dessert is exquisite. What is this applesauce and then there's this moment uh where she says you know now swallow that applesauce and kiss me and his response is just like i'm afraid i already swallowed it while you were talking (laughs) and there's something i want to break that line down because i think it's so hysterical because it it just is truly who skinner is this idea Mm. that he thinks that he thinks that all she wants is for him to swallow it not just that she's trying to make it easier to make out like <laughs> well, his brain is a little it's not quite working how yes. it needs to be and but it's he, so funny here's the thing that is so endearing about Skinner is that he is a man that is never ever ever playing a game I know. you know he, yeah. he, he it's all take him as you get him exactly which I find to be great and, and honest and kind in, in <laughs> interacting with the world you know he's so pure yeah a different guy would have at least been embarrassed to admit he didn't know what applesauce is. <laughs> yeah. but, right. but he's just very directive, like, well, I don't go out to restaurants much. <laughs> like, this episode, uh, directed by Susie Dieter, she's one of the all-stars of directing, and I yeah. love the move where Edna gets up and like traces the table with her hand as she goes yes. over to Skinner. It's like very seductive, and yeah. it's such a great touch. My favorite line from this scene is... Uh, I always thought I'd fall for a woman like Mother, even though I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah. he thought that was his fate, even though he hated it. He was just, that right. That shows you his predisposition. That he's just like, well, I meant to suffer in life, so I'm definitely going to marry someone like and my that's mom. that's something that is so relatable, I mm-hmm. think, to every single one of us. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. We love our parents, but, Oedipal. you know. Uh, Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that two women were able to craft uh, what is actually like a like what is actually sexy and attractive and romantic. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's I think someone else in 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 different hands, a scene that's a date of the two of them could have been not as uh, not as rich and not as fulfilling. Yeah. Even the set dressing in here or the background designs. She has a Paris poster, which is like one of those generic Ikea ones yeah. that you get, you know, which are like these weird, hopeful, aspirational, basic bitch kind of <laughs> things, you know, but she's just trying to do her best. Yeah. Yeah. There's just such an understanding of women in this episode, yeah. in the portrayal of Edna that I think is really, really good. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there are just certain things that even the best male writer wouldn't be able to necessarily right. nail mm. in the way that In the yeah. same way that do. I don't necessarily know how to write a man's living space besides, you know, if they're in their 20s put a Boondock Saints poster on the And the two girls kissing and the alien with the peace sign. (laughs) Or a t-shirt that has like, you know, uh, two like symbols of marriage and says game over. Uh, Or what about, or uh, or a Bob Marley photograph perhaps. Oh, Scarface. Scarface Scarface everywhere. So I guess we do know. (laughs) That's it. That's all. But it's it's much better than the the man-hungry, bitter divorcee of season three. Exactly. I like this one a lot. Exactly. She's a human. And her self-deprecating joke about uh, what, dinner for one, Soup for one, yeah. wine for wine three. For three. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it's 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 so yeah. And those little movements. Actually, one of the things that like dates this more than anything to me though is how much she smokes in it. That I'm just used to like. I don't see people smoke in public anymore, especially right. at a school in the cafeteria. <laughs> like that's that was shocking. To yeah, see. that's actually funny because I was just watching. I was rewatching uh, the clip of um, Albert Brooks uh, doing his ventriloquist act, mm. um, and he smokes on stage during all of it, and it was very just like wow. What yeah, a rebel. I was <laughs> just like, he's not at all. He's just doing what's normal. At any rate, uh, the next day, uh, mm, we, we get a pep, a pep in the step, and we have that clip right here. Good morning, students. Way to go there, Wendell. There's Ralph. He knows the score. Jimbo, how's that hat today? Janie, Janie, Bofini. The only way to survive a deadly blaze is... Oh, heck, life's too short for fire safety. Let's go outside and pick wildflowers. Yeah! Mark Simpson to the principal's office. Post haste. Yeah, the voice acting in this episode is so great. <laughs> Just getting those like little textures of her being so giddy, him being so giddy. But I also love a good old fashioned yay. <laughs> like I feel like they have that on the soundboard. Yeah. You know. Also, like, the line to "Life's too short for fire safety" is very good. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, really enjoy that. I also um, the line uh, "There's Ralph. He knows the score." Yeah, that yeah. Kills that's, me. that's my cat talk. That's how I talk to my cat. I'll walk into my house, go there's Hank. He knows the score that's so good we we like on this uh, on our show to talk about different outfits that characters wear mm-hmm. uh if you don't remember uh we have a very casual uh skinner he's wearing like a jean jacket yeah. it would appear and uh and just no tie anywhere to be found is uh, it slung over his shoulder or something like he's got a very casual kind it's of like just a plain yeah it's a plain white t-shirt i think but oh maybe uh well it's on the motorized tie rack yes <laughs> um <laughs> the man who has everything a tie rack motor <laughs> um, and then we have Edna. She has like a little ascot, and uh, right. she's just a very French-looking woman. It's very cool. Is she wearing lipstick too? I believe after she this? is. Okay. I believe I thought she so. is. Um, so uh, Bart, at this point of the of the episode, has to act as this middleman, or as Wikipedia Sin- said, the snitch for. Yeah, <laughs> no. he's performing a snitch. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's being a very good snitch for, and <laughs> uh, and is being tasked with all these different things. So for example. Example, uh, they they decide that they uh, are going to go to uh, the movie, and this is one of our one sponsors, of our sponsors uh, <laughs> the Aztec <laughs> Theater with air conditioning, and uh, the, they're they're wearing their kind of like secretive outfits, which so is kind of fun. fun. I love mm-hmm. outfits, and uh, they're they're very excited to see each other until Chalmers shows up, mm-hmm. uh, which I love the idea of them all just accidentally running into each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I like the teamwork that the couple has to 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 escape this situation. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get some candy. Keys, keys, keys. Yeah, that's so, that's so, it, it's so sweet. It's like, it's like, corkers, corkers, corkers. Yeah, she just, <laughs> he she slowly, for them. He yeah. slowly walked up the aisle and starts running out the door. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then to come back with a very tired Bart. Oh, Groggy Bart. So, oh, I love Groggy Bart. pushing me. <laughs> Wearing his typical green pajamas, too. I know. Like oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. And right before that, it's another one of my favorite Skinner lines is when he hands the note to Bart, which Bart immediately opens his ears, like, I hear reading. Oh, I, I know, it. I love that. 
I forgot I love that. It. That's a good line. Uh, so, so basically, when they're watching the movie, it's he's now staying next to Chalmers, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Skinner says like, "Just enjoy the movie." It has Tom, Tom Berenger, and then Chalmers says to a child, uh, "You know, do you think they actually filmed this in Atlanta?" <laughs> oh, I don't think it's important. Yeah, I think yeah. they cut that scene in syndication because yes, I, I, I vaguely I, remember it, uh, but yes. I love that exchange because Chalmers is really into it, and after Bart responds, he's just like, "Yeah," <laughs> like, <laughs> without even like missing they could a beat. Be friends. I, I'd and like I, to see that version of the I show. I think that it's the big chill that they're watching. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I've heard it posited, yeah. that's a, Maybe it's just like a revival showing of it or something. But now everything's filmed in Atlanta for yeah. tax purposes. Like it's It's weird to see a Marvel movie that doesn't have a giant peach at the end of it to say, film in Georgia. Right, right. Let's take a minute to think about Georgia in our next break. You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semifinalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. Man, that was a great break. I ate so many peaches. Mm. Well, I gotta say, Georgia has always been on my mind. Hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, so, uh... I love that I was not proud, but had to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in this moment, uh, Bart is tasked with yet another, uh... <sighs> Task. <laughs> Another snitch task. Another you snitch may. task. He has to snitch again. Uh, he, <laughs> uh, this time, uh, we are told that Agnes doesn't approve of, of uh, Skinner dating, and so basically Bart has to uh, bide time with her. And so this yeah. is when we get that excellent cake uh, photo. That's a Lady Baltimore cake. I love. I love. Uh, I love her very much. I love, I love this. Her. She's a lot like uh, what is it, Dolores when it comes to the the, the candy dish. Is that who it is? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, $90. $90. I'm sure you put many things in this. <laughs> Just <Only> candy. candy. <laughs> yeah. $90. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think this was, this might have been when they really figured out Agnes was this character. Because, like, we've done, when we did uh, Homer versus Eight. Uh, 18th Amendment, which was like a little, just a couple episodes before this, there's a couple women that just have Agnes's voice and do what she would have right, done, right, right. but it's not Agnes. And maybe this is when they finally figured out, like, well, if we're going to have an old lady mad about something in so many yeah, episodes, yeah, yeah. why not just have it be Agnes every time? And they do such a good job with her. And some, So these these lines stick to uh, stuck with me as a kid because I think they're the things that you know that this these are what these are the moments Bart is experiencing so therefore you're going to relate mm. to it but the idea of like you know and my thumb is dry so you have to lick my thumb so I can turn the page <laughs> can I just turn the page for you <laughs> slaps his hand she takes the joy out of cake yes. which says a lot about <laughs> her I don't care for cake too sweet <laughs> but you can take any of the photos home of the cakes can I take that one no that's a 
coconut cake. I love that that's the reason. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, and then just yeah. a hard cut, like, why? Like, we don't know the rules about these these cakes that he can take home. So at this point, we have uh, Bart is being completely taken advantage of. He is having to do so much, mm-hmm. uh, including bring an, bringing a note to Edna, which he is very reluctant to give yeah. uh, because it says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And we get such an amazing moment of everyone is saying, like, Bart's going to marry the teacher, but then when yeah. Nelson is put in, or sorry, when Martin is put in charge, Martin's line kills me. <laughs> uh, uh, just, you must promise not to fall in love with me. Yeah, it's like even, even Martin's scoring on me now. Yeah, yeah I, I love that line of even <laughs> Martin's scoring on yeah, me. Yeah, I... I like it too. I think I project myself too much onto Martin, but uh, but I definitely was a lot like him in in class. But he, I just love his little wind up that he's yeah. he's so excited of like I'm finally going to get to mock Bart. So <clears throat> you must say <laughs> yeah. no Bart. Right. Now Bart. Now Bart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that's the last straw for Bart. So then I he, think it should be. Yeah. That, it that, should be. Martin, he would now be at the bottom of the hierarchy and if that he cannot at stand. Three and a half, then yeah. now he's at negative twelve. Martin hmm. is easily the bottom in that of the bottom of the hierarchy. Right, right, there. Right. I don't mean to use terminology bottom or first. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, at this point he, he's had enough and he's gonna expose them and so uh, he opens the closet and he mm-hmm. says, "You know, prepare to have your faces set to stun or whatever." And uh, that's a very Bart-ish mm-hmm. line, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we get we get the two of them making out in the closet. Uh, it's hot. That's a great yeah. pose. In fact, I have a little figurine of them locked in the closet in that embrace. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah, they made oh, they made right. a version of that. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Who, who made that or what was it? Uh, it was a line of like uh, Valentine's Day themed oh, uh, so Simpsons cute. little box so, figurines. So, so did it have like the round base that they're on? Uh, yes, okay, yes. Yeah. And there's a little door you can open. It's very tiny. That's but, uh, so it's great. fun. I had it on my desk at my old job, but I wasn't sure if it was an HR violation. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I have a figure of people making out on my desk. <laughs> um, so as soon as this happens, we then get a series of the children explaining to their parents what they just saw, which I think is quite quite mm-hmm. good. Mm. Uh, but I, it starts small, where you have Millhouse run in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, oh, I saw the, you know, they're kissing and swearing. I know, yeah. I love it. I, I like that little moment because it shows how the story grows with kids, because when they see, when Millhouse sees his parents react to just like they were kissing, they're like gasp. He's like, "Oh, I should add more yes. to this to right, impress right, them right. more and yeah. swearing." And, and, swearing. <laughs> and then we get um, you know running into the quickie mar to tell a poo like they had as many arms as Vishnu and they were all very busy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the sec. That is the third ever appearance of uh, Pas. Uh, uh, sorry if I mispronounced it, but she had a speaking role in Lisa's Beauty Queen. Oh, yeah. And then she skateboarded by with the rest of Apu's family in Bart's Inner Child. And this is the only other time she's appeared. I don't think she's regularly seen what about in the little school. Jumpshed? Little Jumpshed, I think we've only seen him once. Mm. <laughs> uh, she's a darling character. We'd yes. love to see more of her. Yeah. Um, and then, then we it... finally get Lisa. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Lisa says very excitedly to uh, Homer and Marge that they were naked in the closet together. <laughs> and, um, you know, Marge gasps, but then Homer's takeaway is, 
Bart's teacher's name is Mrs. Krabappel? I've been calling her Crandall. Why didn't anybody tell me? I've been calling her Crandall is one of the best lines of The Simpsons. I like how he just runs away when that's over. He's so distraught and embarrassed. I've been looking like an idiot. It's so funny because Crandall is also just the perfect amount of far off from Krabappel. And it's super relatable. We've all had that moment of like, oh shit, I've been talking. Especially in a work setting. Oh, mm-hmm. good lord. But it's also funny because, like, for him, it's only been, like, six months of him being the teacher of Bart. But for yeah. us, it's been eight years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to say it's eight years. And that they still haven't <laughs> called her crab, uh, crab apple. That's I the, know. The obvious joke has been just sitting there for eight years, and they still don't even touch it. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's such smart construction of a gag, yeah. And then and punctuated by Homer running away in shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, we get the most famous of the reactions, mm-hmm. which is Ralph. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves Ralph. Um, <laughs> Spencer's gifts loves <laughs> Ralph. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, but like early Ralph when it's still pure and not just kind of like you know he's he's the most easy right, to right, right. to have say the dumb thing. But mm-hmm. like when he's when he really means it, it's really excellent. But having it having it escalate just like they had a baby and one of the babies looked at me and Wiggum's huge. Just, the baby looked at you and that mm-hmm. being what puts him over the edge. I, I think is so I funny. Really like the change in emotion when he goes into the baby looked at me and he's like excited at that point he's, or like happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Before he's like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and I love this moment me. of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> him picking up the phone and going like, uh, "Sarah, get me Superintendent Chalmers," and then his wife just dials, "Thank you, Sarah." It's yeah. so cute. She has a little wiggamy grunt too, like, oh. eh. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. Well, uh, in previous ones, she did have like Clancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, Clancy. It had been a step. More spring in Springfield, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's that was right. Later, but, yeah. yeah, it's one of the many clone couples in the in the city. <laughs> right. Yes, I dig it. Uh, something I really like throughout this whole episode, which we've already touched on, is that it truly is not just sex, and that is what makes this, this their relationship important, and what ends up letting them kind of get off the hook. But uh, when Chalmers is is realizing, like, you know, the whole town is talking about what you guys have been doing, and you guys have to end this like tawdry, fulfilling relationship. <laughs> like, I love the inclusion yeah, of the word fulfilling. It's so good, and uh, you know. As Edna is saying goodbye. She has this like very kind of like you know. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, how well, wistful yeah, she is. Yeah, I love her going up to Nelson and going, Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. <laughs> how many kids have you beat up this year? Oh, fifty. <laughs> <laughs> 50. Uh, 50. She's looking out the window wistfully. Uh, it's great. Where does the time go? <laughs> uh, this scene, this uh, I feel like this scene uh, hit me even harder now that Marsha Wallace has passed away. I like know. it's yeah. so like wistful and thinking like, where does the time go? It's like, oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, something I think is very funny is when uh, Skinner's uh, cleaning up. Uh, you know, uh, Bart comes in, just like uh, Principal Skinner's, just Mister Skinner. I'm just a man now. <laughs> yeah, I <love> it. <laughs> but I also love this story moment because. It makes so so much sense, and I love that they give it to Bart to have Bart tell Skinner, you know, you've spent your whole life following orders from the army, from your mother. Yeah. Just this once, stand up for yourself. And I love that being sort <laughs> of like the story engine that gets us to this next part. Yeah. Okay, okay, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Skinner, time to go. Okay, Edna. <laughs> Both Edna and Bart kick his ass in the right direction, whereas Mom kicks his ass in the wrong direction. I love right. that, yeah. <laughs> but I love that line, too, if you weren't going to say it already. Oh. oh well, yeah. The, I should have done this. Uh, what, I should have done what yeah. Bart should have told me to do a long <laughs> yeah. time ago. I love it. And, it's so and, funny. And for emotional reasons too, I like how 
Skinner apologizes to Bart. Like you get that moment too of him realizing, like, you know, we were we you were snitching on us too much. <laughs> we needed you to. Uh, we we took advantage of you, and I'm sorry. He's like, being the ma- he's being an adult. Like he's yeah. you know, adults make mistakes. It's <laughs> right. how you handle your mistakes. Yeah. Um. So what's <laughs> nice here too is that Bart does care, and so he's going to help them out. And he realizes like if you guys are going to start something, let me help you. And so he calls <laughs> the news station, and mm-hmm. Kent Brockman has been told that there's a, there's an escaped octopus. Uh, Oh, two cameras. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. once again, I've been duped. <laughs> I've been had high top this two story school is yeah, it's just very funny. I right before that when they tried to do it without the press, that's another of my favorite line. Like Willie hears you, Willie don't, don't care. care. I love that. <laughs> so yeah. useful in real life. Like, I, I like Skinner's. No, you get off of my school. That's so <laughs> and Chalmer good. shows up. Uh, so yeah, the the two of them are up on the uh, top of the atop the two story school and. And uh, we get a great Homer moment, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he takes the microphone. Bart, this is your father. <laughs> uh, do you know where the remote is? <laughs> I looked everywhere. Have uh, you checked your pockets? <laughs> and I like that he kind of like stops using the the microphone at that point. He's like, oh, it's in my pocket. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, an ad lib line by Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. d- he does Homer. Yes. <laughs> I think he actually had a bullhorn in the booth for that. It, sounds, sure. it sounds very real. Yeah, I I like moments like that that discern Homer. That to me is Homer different from as the fans call him jerk ass Homer. Yes, yes. Uh, because it's him realizing uh, jerk ass Homer would have just screamed in their faces the entire time. One hundred percent. Yeah. Instead, this Homer's like, oh, whoops, sorry. Or yes. He'd, he'd be on the roof with them, making it worse. Yeah. I think. Or lighting something on fire or smashing yes. it. <laughs> uh, so. So we now have uh, the the police force doing uh, everything in their power to get them out of the building. Of course, none of them are working. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna blast them out with sound. They start playing very romantic music. <laughs> I love uh, it. Embraceable you. Em- yeah. Yes. Uh, they they start uh, they start dancing. We get the spotlight on them, and it's driving Bart crazy, which is wonderful. <laughs> that that moment is they they kind of, I like that they Bart's there to like groan and make sort of a joke, but they kind of just pull jokes back. From that, and they just let, let it be a it. sweet moment. Yeah, that perspective shot you see Edna and Skinner's perspective as they're both spinning around is beautiful. And mm-hmm. also, Embraceable You was played in Old Money, the episode Old Money with Abe Dancing with B. That was their yeah. song. I love that. Oh, I, I have goosebumps. Love that. It's so sweet. It really is. And I love that the light, um, they've had the spotlight yeah. and it goes through like the grater and it makes this like really romantic effect. It's a beautiful scene. It really it's is. It's very pretty. And then we get an old timey telephone is thrown through the window <laughs> and you get, uh, you get, I'll get that when it's ringing, which I yeah, also think is very so funny. Good. Uh, you know, and they're they're saying their conditions are just like we want you know you just to get our jobs back and to celebrate our love, which I also think is just a very funny <laughs> oh, thing God. to demand and someone. I know, and I love Superintendent Chalmers going. Nobody wants to celebrate your love more than me. You know, <laughs> it's just so stern. <laughs> but I'm a public servant, and yeah. Then, yeah. Well, and then that's Chalmers. Chalmers has a little bit of grime, grimy in there too, of him noticing like, who do you want me to ask in this insane town? Yes, the yes. bumblebee man. Or the guy with a bone in his hair. He is the only normal man. My opinion man. is as valid as anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh yeah, I just yeah, I love how like snarky and exhausted uh, Chalmers is, you know, regarding the town, and and it goes to another thing of like characters that don't normally address, um, you know, the world that we are so intimately aware of, or characters that don't normally interact, like Chalmers referring to the <laughs> Bumblebee Man and Sideshow like, Mel. Why is he here? Why is he still in this suit? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, yeah. 
Um, one of the funniest lines to to me in this episode is coming up right now, where where when Bart tries to help them again by by causing like more of a scene, and he comes out with the armor hot dogs, and they all yeah. fall down. I yeah. have a bomb. We exactly <laughs> we we get the moment of uh, uh, oh Helen Lovejoy. So uh, spelling out, uh, you know, we're uh, not talking about. Oh no, that was Maud. Maud. Yeah, that was Maud. Oh, sorry, Maud. They're, they're basically the same. They're interchangeable. Uh, you know, uh, and this isn't love. This is sex, and where you know S E X in front of the C H I. L-D-R-E-N. <laughs> Sex cauldron! I thought they shut that place down. That's one of my favorite jokes. Krusty's very interested in what's happening <laughs> at this local school. He knows where all the sex cauldrons are. <laughs> I was mis- thinking that cauldron is spelled like children is so good. And it also goes into a joke that they um, you know, kind of like sprinkle within Krusty's character of him being illiterate. Yeah, he can't read. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. it's, it's so good. Um, and then we, we you know, we we get a, a Bill Clinton-y moment of like I've never had a relationship with so, this woman. I looked that up. He's they said this episode aired eight months before that happened. Mm. That, I, I Why do they always do this? I couldn't believe <laughs> that they got ahead of it. There, it was. I I was sure it was a reference to it too when I heard it, but then I looked it up. It was like January '98 when Clinton said that oh the, the famous one. So because they just even, prefigured it. It's the exact phrasing. It's the I same know. phrasing, and and even I feel like he even does kind of the thumb point that Clinton does. Of uh, wow, that's yeah, crazy. Bill stole from the yeah, Simpsons. maybe Clinton was a big Simpsons head. Could have been. Um, <laughs> or just his speechwriter. <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. Sad. What we, if one of the Simpsons writers was, was actually a ghostwriter for Clinton's speeches? Uh, I mean, I believe it. They're all smarty smart smarts. Yeah. <laughs> we did Start miss one of my favorite Chalmers lines, though. Yes, it's yes, like, yes. what kind of man wears armor hot dogs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last time you can reference the armor hot dogs theme yeah. in the world. I yeah. only knew that theme because they did a joke Same about here. it before mm-hmm. in... Uh, uh, the Mrs. Uh, Bouvier's Lover. Yeah. That's can, can you explain it to people that don't know it? Uh, it's it, it's a parody of the Armor Hot Dog song, which is also, it was part of the Wiener Wars. They were going up against the Oscar Meyer song. So in the 60s, you had to write a catchy Wiener song Wars, where were you? for being part of the Wiener Wars. But um, what kind of kitty armor hot dogs? Fat kids, skinny, skinny kids, kids, kids who climb on rocks, tough, tough kids, kids, sissy kids, even, even kids, kids with chicken pox with hot dogs. dogs. I've um, et cetera, et cetera. never heard this in my life. <laughs> oh! This is an example of a Simpsons joke that I thought was funny just because it sounded funny. Yeah. I didn't know there was more to it. That's excellent. I will I say, say oh, Google Wiener Wars, but turn on Safe Search. <laughs> safe search. <Yeah>. I'm sorry <laughs> for that. I was going to say, I feel, like, I feel like I only know um, that jingle because uh, when I was, I want to say, 17, when 16, I when I was 16 or 17, <laughs> I worked at a vintage toy store in mm. Sherman Oaks, and uh, on repeat, we would have like CDs that had commercial jingles uh. and you know stuff from yesteryear. And so that's how I got to know that. And the, the I'd like to buy the world oh, yeah. a Coke. I feel like we also sang that yeah. at school. I mm. think yeah. they updated that theme for the 90s. I think we played it on our podcast even. Uh, that's the real thing. Yeah, there, yeah. Must have, there must have been one. I, now you're just taking me back to all of the like music bashed into my head at cashier's jobs that I'll just yeah. never forget. Of like, Well, I heard this one all the time at the movie theater for like three months straight and I'll never forget it. But the, mm-hmm. I, and speaking of those hot dogs, the little, Susie Dieter and her team on animation, they have so many just great little touches, including they could just have all the hot dogs fall oh, off at once. Yeah, but having that, that single hot dog. Sticking a little bit too much. Yeah, that has a little more juice on her. I, I, the, the way it flops off is just like sad and silly for 
yeah. for Skinner yeah. as well. This whole episode uh, has the, the the animation is is spectacular and so detailed. Uh, when all the kids are being put on the stretchers, there's like the individual like movements of the kids mm-hmm. that are kind of shaking. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's just so much movement, and we talk about it a lot. But you know that is to me why one of the many reasons why I prefer earlier Simpsons because it's just it's it's real and it's moving yeah. and it's there's like there's individuality to, to each it thing. Too, and yeah. It's, yeah, it's just so warm and fuzzy and good. There's a tiny moment when they're reacting to Skinner's uh, news about him being a virgin. They they go back to the crowd. It's all frozen, but Wiggum's handcuff is swinging gently back and forth yeah. when he's holding it. It's a very nice reaction from a handcuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. else is too stunned to move, but the handcuff is swaying. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so I have to be honest, I, I love The Simpsons. I somehow haven't seen this episode in a long time, hmm. and I didn't know that this was the reveal of the episode because when I saw it I don't think I knew what a virgin was I don't think mm. I understood what they were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. um even if I'd seen it a little later in life, I don't know that right. I necessarily would have gotten <laughs> what they were saying. Edgy. I mean, this is an adult animated show, um, but it is a pretty edgy thing to have be like what hinges the story on for primetime. You know, that like we are panning over a shocked crowd of adults <laughs> gaping at, you know, this man admitting that he's a 46 year old virgin. For, 44. 44. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I gave him some more time. Uh, it's, it's, I, I think. Just seeing a show uh, for this show that is with very at a very big kids audience that then it's mainly about the sex lives of two sad people in their forties who like, aren't even the, in the Simpsons yeah <laughs> who aren't part of the family and then the revelation that he's a virgin though that was what even when I saw it in original broadcast at age fourteen I was kind of asking myself like. But wait, then did they not have sex with the Charlie Brown candle there? Did they? He's lying. Yeah, I. Yeah, hmm. he's lying. He's yes. lying. You guys, I have a theory. I have a theory. Do you? Mm-hmm. Who believes that they're that they're lying? I I think they were lying. I don't think so because at the end of this episode, the last thing you hear is a champagne bottle popping open, and that's the that's his cherry being popped. For me, that is <laughs> the uh, North by Northwest scene at the end. Like, ah. they're, they're letting you know what's happening, but I feel like. He is. Uh, I mean, if you don't if you don't have sex, uh, it's not your fault. But I will say that they're saying he's pathetic because he is a forty four year old virgin. I, and maybe it is your fault. Think I, about it. I think going back to you know what we said about Skinner's character, especially in this episode, being so honest and forthcoming, and yeah. so like um, you know like in unable to play a game or put on a mask. I, I don't think he's lying. I think that when the candle was melting, they were just in a good old-fashioned makeout mm. and running, just rolling around on that floor. He would yeah. call it necking, I think. Well, yeah. I will say, I if if he is a virgin in this, uh, I think that's spectacular and wonderful. Like, it makes me mm. like him even more because mm-hmm. he's such a... And it makes me love Edna even more <laughs> because she's not phased by and that. And also, to, of course, whether you're extremely sexually active or not at all sexually active, it doesn't matter in terms of who you are and, and how pure and good and, and kind and right, all these things are, but there is something very sweet about someone who maybe is usually very sexually active who's now in love with someone who is a virgin. Like, there's something very yeah, sweet. there is something very yeah. sweet about um, it. And, and it's just, I love that. So, I mean... I, Either way, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it if he's lying because it's strict it, because he's outsmarting the entire crowd. I like it if he's not because he's just being a real guy and it yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, I I could see I could see Skinner being a type of guy who's like let's stop at second base. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> yeah. with that or whatever. Meanwhile, say, they definitely what they got caught doing was romantic, but not it as as. 
as Bill Clinton would say, like, how do you define sex? What is mm. sexual act? <laughs> well, when Homer brings up the idea, is Edna version two? She laughs at him. That's, yeah. that's a great, that's yeah. a great little moment. Yeah, and it's it's it. You get everybody else's judgment on Skinner for that, but he's he's still comfortable. He doesn't really <laughs> feel any shame at revealing that. And I maybe he thinks like, what's they can't think any more less of me yeah. in Springfield yeah. if they know I'm a virgin. But as soon as he announces that everyone is trying to get away, even Chalmers, yeah. Chalmers. they're trying yeah. to be like, is this resolved? He's like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, just keep it clean. Do we have our jobs back? Yeah, just yeah. keep it clean. Uh, and then we get this moment of Bart, you know, kind of checking in on them, and and we see that they have to. Decided to break up yeah. uh, and saying just like, you know, Bart, when you get older, you'll realize that not all relationships end how you think they will. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, only to find that as soon as he leaves that they are still very much together. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. They didn't reset like mm-hmm. they so often do. Uh, right. However, when we pick up again, it's not as though they are together. So yeah. there is that. You get to live in it in that moment. But there's an implied history the later, the last the next time that we check in with them and their possible love. Yeah, as the years will go on, if they want to do an episode that recognizes they are together, then they will do it for a joke. Yes. Like like in Armin Tamzarian, they do that. Or in... Uh, I forget which episode it was, but it's where he buses his own trays and he uh, and he finds out that Edna's been stealing stuff from the school. They're definitely together then, but other times they just don't treat it as a thing yeah. either. It's it's there to recognize we're not. I think that's how relationships should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I and I also like thematically what they do in season eight so many times. They do this in Millhouse Divided, for example. They get to the end and they think like, well, you think this is a sitcom where we reset everything again at the end. And then the last like five seconds, they basically like, no, we didn't reset it. This <laughs> yeah. stays. This, this I love kept... the boldness of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oakley and Weinstein, we're, we're knee deep in uh, season eight right now. And I feel like I think Bill Oakley protests when we talk to him about it. But I think they really enjoyed changing the show because even with Who Shot Mr. Burns, they wanted to send Barney to jail and just have him go away for a while. But that was too far. But they love right. changing the lore of the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think also that they, um, and I, I guess you get this from like almost every showrunner, but especially around this time, they were pretty confident that The Simpsons yeah. would end at a reasonable uh, <laughs> season. Reasonable by normal TV standards. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the final moment of this is this line of kind of like, you know, the children believe anything you tell them. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And uh, we, we close out with that great moment. And uh, and, and then we are just left with a, a wonderful episode. But I'm wondering if there are any moments that we we skipped mm. over or if there or if we could just ask, uh, mm. what is a lesson from this episode that we could uh, send our our listeners home with? Uh, that workplace romances aren't they, they can work. They just take a lot of they take a lot of effort, perhaps. And, yes. And you need a good snitch on your side. <laughs> a snitch for you. Yeah. A snitch for Not you. Not a snitch against you. I would say laying out all your clothes on Saturday for the week to come is a great idea. It really do it. Is. Do it now and uh, check on Gus. <laughs> check on Gus. I love it. He needs a friend. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on our oh, show. Oh, thank you. Yo, yeah. thank you very much. Yes. Uh, where can people listen to the show and and where can people find you guys online? Oh boy, we got a big spiel. How much of this do you want to hear? Uh, we don't need to go into the <laughs> whole true. thing, I guess. But I mean, Talking Simpsons, you can find it on iTunes and, and all your regular uh, uh, podcast listening devices. We are Patreon supported at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, where if you get $5 a month there, you get to hear every episode 
a week early and ad-free, as well as tons of exclusives, including like we did a bunch of interviews. We just did a Mike Reese one. Yeah. Uh, you guys did, too. The, your Mike Reese one was great. I also want Thanks. to compliment you guys while I'm being recorded. Uh, <laughs> for the uh, the Al Jean one you just did was so uh, oh, fantastic. Thank like, you. Yeah, yeah. He's tremendous. Am I sitting in the chair, Al Jean? Oh, uh, no, Bob, you are. Like, uh, <laughs> I've got that Al Jean uh, wiping off on me right now. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, anything. I mean, we've done Talking Futurama, Talking Critic. Those are on yeah, Patreon, Yeah, those too. are on Patreon. Exclusive series. And we have a sister podcast called What a Cartoon, where in the Talking Simpsons style, we pick a different cartoon and an episode from that and go through that in the same style. Like we've done King of the Hill, Dexter's Laboratory, even anime like uh, Cowboy Bebop. (gasps) Cowboy Bebop! (laughs) Have you guys done Clone High yet? Oh, Everybody wants us to. I want to do it. Bob's never actually. I've uh, never seen it. It's yeah. really good. And TV aired it at three in the morning. So. <laughs> that's no excuse. It's true. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I should have stolen it in college, but yeah. that's my fault. Oh, and uh, I'm on Twitter at a at h e n e r e y g, and I'm on Twitter as Bob Servo. Excellent. Uh, Julia, where can people find you? Ah, thanks so much for asking. I'm at Julia Prescott on all of the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. We are at Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we post most of our info. I believe we still have an Instagram floating around, but really yeah. fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's just sort of floating in the ether. Um, we are going to be using our Twitter to announce. Uh, I know we've been teasing our tour dates for a while, but um, we're going to be giving hard, fast dates for hard, fast cities like Austin and other neighboring towns. <laughs> um, and please pre-order our book, A uh, Hundred Things Simpsons Fans Must Know and Do Before They Die, on Amazon. I believe it's currently set to come out this September. All right. Uh, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio, and our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Swish. Smell you later. Smell you later. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.